Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We're starting a new series today, and I'm, I'm glad that you can be here for the very beginning of it. And our new series is called Clean Heart. And the reason that we're doing this series is because it's easy for your heart to attract some problems. And when we allow the wrong things into our lives and into our hearts, it creates separation between us and God. And maybe you're new to church and you're not sure how all of this works, but really the the big problem that humanity has is sin. And what sin does is it creates separation between us and God. But guys, guess what? There is good news today because if we go to God with the challenges that we've got, then I believe that He can help us with them. Amen? All right, well, about 40% of you are convinced of that, but let me just assure you, anyone that's sitting on the fence, that God actually wants to help you. Do you believe it? He does want to help you. He wants to help you in your life. He wants you to get past the things that separate Him from you. That's why He sent Jesus. And at the end of the day, the series that we're doing is all about addressing these heart issues because, and this is important, we cannot fix what we are unwilling to address. I might repeat that just so that you got it. We cannot fix what we are unwilling to address. Amen? I don't know if you know this, but the very first commandment that God gave to His people in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 is that you shall love the Lord your God with all of your, what? Your heart. And there is a good reason why God said that. Because God is smart. I thought I had to get an amen eventually. Just left that gap. Uh, God is smart. And he knows that what you, whatever you love, your, the rest of your life will basically fall in tow. So that's why the first commandment is to love the Lord God with all of your heart. If you love God with all of your heart, the rest of your life will line up because what your heart loves, your life will follow. What your heart loves, your life will follow. This is true in every area of your life. You don't even have to be a spiritual person, you know, to, today. By the way, you're all spiritual people, whether you know it or not. Uh, but uh, you don't have to be a, a, a spiritual person per se to, to understand this. I mean, you think about it. Um, if, if you got married, if anybody's married, uh, you fell in love with your spouse. I hope you did. Um, you fell in love with your spouse. In fact, we have two people that just got married just recently. Is that right? Yes, you did. Hey, come on, put your hands together for these guys. When was that? It was like, what, two weeks ago? One week. Last Friday. And you're in church today. God bless you. And so, and so what? You fall in love with your spouse. That's, that's what's meant to happen there. And so you, you, you fall in love. And then what did you do? You had a big old expensive wedding. Why would you spend that money? Why'd you invite all those people, right? It's a special day. You love your spouse. You wanted all these things to flow together and come together. And, uh, you know, you, you love your spouse. So you buy them expensive gifts. Listen, if you love something, your heart's going to follow. 
It works everywhere. Think about it. You go through a car yard and, and, and you fall in love with a car, right? And you can't afford it. What are you going to do? You go, you go home and you'll save up the rest of the money to buy it. Could be a, a, a spouse, could be a car, could be a house, doesn't matter. Please love your spouse more than your house. But look, my point is, is that if you love something, the rest of your life will just fall into line. Here's the problem though, is that our hearts can fall in love with the wrong things. Okay, and your heart will do this really easily. Okay, don't trust your heart, it lies to you. And so your heart can do this really easily. And if it falls in love with the wrong thing, the rest of your life is going to uh, follow suit. And so we have got to be willing to address the things that are uh, in our hearts that shouldn't be there. Now, there is a principle in, in the Bible uh, that I think you're just gonna see repeated over and over again. Uh, you can apply this to your life today. This, by the way, is gonna be super practical series, right, is that you need to come clean before you can get clean. Oh, that was good. Come on. I mean, you got to listen and, and, and you should memorize it because it rhymes. Okay. So, so you got to come clean before you get clean. All right. So what am I, what does that mean? Well, all right, let me explain it to you this way. If, the, you, if you just hold on to all of your stuff and you never tell God about it, right, you're not really inviting him into that space to help you. Right? And oftentimes in the dark is where uh, sin manifests and it festers and it takes hold of your life. And so if all you do with all of your problems and the dark things that can sometimes get harbored in your heart, if you hold on to them and you don't come to God, how can you expect to get clean? I get why some you know, non-Christian people do this. They think that the right way to get into a relationship with God is to get clean first and then come to Him. No, that won't work. That's, trying to get, that's like trying to get clean before you have a shower. It, it's pointless right? The, the, the whole point of the shower is to get clean. The whole point of coming to God is to get clean. You need to go to Him first. And just to tell you the end of the story and how this goes, if you go to God, I tell you, He, he loves you and He will forgive you. He will forgive you and He will help you. I just thought I'd mention that because oftentimes the enemy of your soul, Satan would love for you to hold on to all of the dark things that your heart could harbour. No, don't tell God, don't go to Him. He would hate you to, to, to do that. He, he's, he's disappointed with you. He's angry with you. Yeah, the enemy says that because he knows that if you go to God, if you come clean, then you will get clean. And I look at, at, at you know some of the characters in the Bible and I just figure that if God God could forgive them for some of the crazy stuff that they did, right? Honestly, I'm going to be okay. I'll give you one story. About a thousand BC, there's a, there's a man by the name of David. Uh, David, uh, do you, you know the story, David and Goliath? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, okay. So he grows up and uh, he is anointed to be a king. Problem is there's a guy in that seat. Uh, but David honors him his whole life. Even though Saul, the guy who was the king at that time, Saul wanted to hunt David down. He was very jealous of him. But David, he just never let that jealousy, uh, you know, get the best of him. He didn't harbor offense towards him. He just honored him, you know. And and so anyway, this, the story plays out. And eventually Saul is removed from being the king. David, is installed as the king and his life is just on an upward trajectory. He is doing very well in life until a moment happens where the kings are normally meant to be off at war, but King David figures, I will just stay back and, and hang out at home. Sometimes you just got to be aware of the environments that you're supposed to be in. If you're not where you're supposed to be, get out of there. David didn't do that. He's walking around on the rooftop of his palace and he spies 
a beautiful woman by the name of Bathsheba who is having a bath. And he says, she is hot. So he inquires about who she is and they find out about it. And he says, I would like her to come over to my house to have dinner. Well, they had dinner, okay? Anyway, next minute, she's pregnant, all right? So that's how that turned out. And um, the problem was that her husband was away at war. David thinks, my goodness, if I don't deal with this, everyone's going to know about it. So he sends for her husband Uriah and pulls him back from the war that he's fighting in. And he says, um, you know, hey, since you're here, why don't you just go spend some quality time with your wife? Uriah, the man of honor that he is, says, no, no one else gets that treatment. So why should I have that? I'll stay in the king's palace. David is like, you really don't need to do that. You know, you could really just go home and see your wife, you know. But he doesn't go home. He doesn't see his wife. And so what happens is Uriah goes back to the battlefield. And then King David orders him to go to the area where the fighting is the most fierce and he tells the commander of his army to pull back all of their forces leaving Uriah alone to fight against all these people and we know the end of the story Uriah is killed except we wouldn't say killed we would actually say he was murdered he was murdered by King David right how are we doing so far David good great man of honor but this is pretty dark had an affair Got the woman pregnant, murdered her husband to cover it up. Does he come clean? No. He actually thinks, I'll be okay with this. And he just tries to harbor a secret. And he does for a period of time. But how many of us know that God knows everything? So God tells a prophet uh, who comes to him and says, essentially, and I am skipping over a lot of details, we know what you've done. And he said, uh, yep, I'm caught. And then in that moment, once he was caught, then did he turn and he faced his sin. And this is what, he's, uh, what he says in Psalm 51 when he comes to God having to confront his sin. He says in Psalm 51 verse 9, hide your face from my sins. In other words, sometimes we just know that the stuff that we've done is wrong. We know it. We know it. And we know that God knows it. And the last thing we want is for him to see that in us. So this is what happens when people make mistakes and they've allowed things into their heart oftentimes that creates that separation but now he has to face it hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities that means behavior verse 10 create in me a what a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me and the good news everybody is that he can do it yeah. now if if God was able to do that with David how much more can he do that with you? So it's possible to get a clean heart. Now, you may have crossed some boundaries in your life. There may be some things that you're aware of right now that you have not come clean about. Some things that are in your heart that you feel guilty about. Now, if you have crossed that line, the, the good news that I'm saying today is if you come clean, if you come to God, He will forgive you. Of course, He'll take you back. He loves you. He sent Jesus to take, pay the penalty for all of your mistakes and your sin on the cross. So the good news is that there is hope for you. And today I want to kick off this series because I'm only in my introduction. Uh, I want to kick off this series with a, a message that I think is incredibly important. And I would say it's a topic that is incredibly dangerous. 
It's very dangerous. And the reason why the thing that I'm going to talk about today is so dangerous is because even though most people have heard this thing is wrong, they really don't consider it a sin. They really just consider this is what everyone does. And I'll tell you this, God hates this thing thing that I'm about to talk about today. I'm going to title this message, Whispers. I'm going to title this message, Whispers. I'm going to read to you out of Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination. Now, the way that this is written is that the six things God hates, we know that part. The seventh is significant. That's why they say six thing he hates, seven things an abomination, right? Seven, that number seven, whatever that thing is, we got to pay extra close attention to it. So the word abomination, it means it's, it's, it's horrifying. It's totally and utterly repulsive to God. He, he, really, he really hates that. <clears throat> so we're going to count through these things. Six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Number one, haughty eyes. What does that mean? Pride. I just thought I'd help you with that. (laughs) Number one, pride. Number two, a lying tongue. What's next? Oh, number three. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Number four, a heart that devises wicked plans. These are bad things, yeah? yeah? Okay. Number five, feet that make haste to run to evil. So someone that really just loves to do evil things and is quick to do it. Number six, a false witness who breathes out lies. And here is number seven. This is the abomination. This is a really, 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 really bad thing. One who sows discord among brothers. One who sows discord among brothers. I read this scripture and I looked at it and I know that I don't always think like God. I know I don't. I mean, there are some things that he says and I'm like, really? I'll take your word for it. Because when I'm reading over this, honestly, do you remember what number three was? Uh, Hands that shed innocent blood. Now, I would say that is very, very bad, like the worst. And yet God passes that in the list of things on the way to number seven, which is one that sows discord. Now, if I asked you what is worse before reading this scripture and said hands that shed innocent blood or someone that sows discord, not one of you would have said, oh yeah, yeah, the one that sows discord, hands that shed innocent blood, that is absolutely the worst. Far worse than sowing discord, except that that's not what the scriptures say. And I wonder how many of us are the kind of people where we take the Word of God and this carries authority in our life. Let me ask you a question. Does this book have not only the power to shape, we know it has the power to shape your life, but do you pay attention to it? Like what I mean to say is, let me be more clear. Uh, Would you be willing to allow this thing to have so much authority in your life that you change what you do to line up with this? Because that's what we're meant to be doing. That's why we've got the Word of God. See, the thing that we need to understand is we're not, if we just judge ourselves by our own standards, right? We're going to mess this whole thing up. Because it's not about our standard, it's about God's standard. So we need to renew our minds in what the Word of God says and say, can we really live up to this? So I thought, why is, why is 
one that sows discord. Why is that such a big problem? And I realize why, because small words create big problems. Yeah. Small words create big problems. Small words could create the rest of the things that we read today. Small words could be the stepping stone to all of those other things. Because when the wrong thing is said, it really sparks something off. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but a lie can travel around the world twice before the truth has time to get out of bed and put its pants on. We already know this. Thanks to Donald Trump, fake news. You know, he, he talked about this thing all the time. And, you know, people did research on this and they said, yeah, lies travel so much faster than the truth ever does. They do. Lies just spread. They, they spread quickly. Some people, they just love drama. Don't they? Oh, they love it. I had this friend of mine who just loved drama. Always, there was drama always around this person. And they seemed to always know everything about everyone. And they wanted to know. And I don't know why this person always had information, right? Well, I think I do. But uh, why does this person always hold on to that and have that information? I think the reason why they had that was because somewhere in their mind, if they knew everything about everyone, it increased their social status. Like they were the one who had the power because they knew everything about everyone and and this person they they just love drama and this person would whisper things to me they would say things like I don't really know if you know this and I wouldn't tell anyone else but you um, and I would keep this a secret but I think you need to know right and then they would just whisper something to me and they would do it all the time I think that it's easy for a uh, Christian people to do this kind of whispering, especially if we spiritualize it. It's pretty easy to do, actually, right? We can, we can spiritualize. We do this so well in church. Like, for example, you know, uh, somebody comes along and says, hey, uh, I didn't want to say anything, but I really think we need to pray for Brother John. <laughs> Uh, because, right, and this is just between you and me, but I saw him down at the shops the other day and he was talking to a woman that is not his wife. Now, I'm not saying he's having an affair. No one's saying the word affair, but I'm just saying we should get the number of a few counsellors just for marriage counselling. Should something come up? Now, we're not going to tell his wife about it, but you know what we should do? We should have a prayer meeting about this and let's just get together and we will talk about this, right? Because I said, I don't know what was going on, right? Poor John, right, just bumped into a, an old friend from high school, someone he hasn't seen in like 30 years and they just had a quick hello. Hey, how you doing, right? But someone has seen that, right? And they're like, we should just pray for John. Let's just pray for him, right? And, and, and you know, just in case something goes wrong, no one's saying divorce, right? No one's saying that. I'm just saying that we should just be really aware and just pray for him and let's just cover him, cover him in, 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 our, in our prayers. Come on, everybody, get in here, you know? And, and so suddenly there's a prayer meeting about John. John has no idea what's going on, right? Well, you, you know, that's just spiritualizing gossip. That's all that is, and it's really easy to do. And you've got to know something about gossips. If someone's going to gossip to you, they will also gossip about you. 
Come on, you know that, right? Do you know what gossip? Come on. This, this is just like, you know, this is just rife, you know, not, not in, you know, the church in general, just in, in culture and society. This, this is everywhere. And God takes it so seriously. You know, there are some people that just know everything and they want to know everything. And they're the kind of person that comes to you and says, do you know what everybody is saying? Well, it's not everybody. It's three people. And the reason they know that is because they went and said, hey, what are your thoughts about this, this and this? And then they got that information and said, I've got information. Listen to me, right? It's people trying to control other people through the means of gossip, right? And honestly, that's so in discord. I've got to be honest, God absolutely hates it. He absolutely hates it. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. A whisperer separates close friends. Have you ever had that? Have you ever seen the separation of friendship groups because some kind of thing that was said got out of control because it was passed on so many times it just became more distorted? You know, when I was in primary school, we, we played a game. And the game was called Chinese Whispers. And I said that like during the week and suddenly it sounded racist. I thought, wait a minute, this is 2022. So I remember, yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe it was cool back in the 1980s, but in 2022, that sounds racist. So I thought, well, what are we saying about Chinese people? That, that they whisper? That are we calling them all <coughs> low talkers? Is that what it is? Right? Are, they, are they just, are they whisperers? Are we saying that all Chinese people can't keep secrets? Right? I don't know, but it just sounded kind of wrong to me. Every now and then things pique my interest. So I Googled it and I found out that in the UK in the 1950s, this game was called by another name, but they changed the name. Do you know what Chinese whispers used to be called? And I still don't know why they changed it. It used to be called Russian Scandal. And I thought... <laughs> <coughs> and I thought... That actually is fitting for 2022. <laughs> and I am making a play to call it Russian scandal all over again, because that seems appropriate, right? It was known by other names. One of the names was Russian gossip. Yes, also good. And then there was like this, that actually has kind of like a, I wouldn't say a scientific name, but like a, a research name. It's called transmission chain. What's it called? Hang on. Transmission chain. Where's my notes? Experiments. Transmission chain experiments, right? And I thought today, if I come here and I say to you, hey, have you ever tried, just got together with a bunch of your friends and tried a transmission chain experiment? Everyone would go, no, we are not into that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but it sounds so much worse than it actually is, right? So, so let's not call it transmission chain experiment. Uh, Russian scandal? Russian scandal it is. Anyway, the point is, you know how the game works. Somebody starts with the truth at one end and as it gets passed down, it gets distorted, yeah? And then what happens with everyone has a different picture of the truth. Everyone has a distorted perspective of it. And the problem is, is when you get a distorted perspective and it spreads, and, and that we call that lies, by the way, and when that spreads, that causes incredible grief and pain. And I thought, you know what? The best way to get out of that or to stop it, right? Well, imagine if we had a person at one end and, and, we, and we lined up a bunch of people. The best way to stop it from happening is to just grab one of the people and pull them out of line. And now it doesn't go any further. It just stops with the last person. How good would it be if we were just that person? 
if we were the person that stopped the spread. We said, no, 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 I, I, I heard you, but I'm not going to do it. The best way to actually get away from it is to not be the last person that heard it, to be the person that doesn't want to hear it. Because you can't pass on what you don't know. Yeah. Now, most people know, you know, that gossipy friend, and they know when they're going in to say something, it always begins the same way, hey, did you hear? Right Now, when you hear that, what you could do is say, I don't want to hear. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't want to hear that. And the moment that you do that, oh, let the dynamics of that relationship shift and change. I'm convinced that there are some friendships that are formed purely on the basis of gossip. And if you were to take that out of the relationship, they'd have, what, 10% of things to talk about. Yeah. You know? This is, this is how it happens. This is important. You know, when I was, when I was working um, in recruitment many years ago, you know, sometimes in, in office, I'm sure this would be unfamiliar to you, but sometimes there is office politics. And so um, I heard about something that was happening and I said, hey, listen, um, somebody began, I don't know if you know, but I said, listen, before you even start this sentence, let me just tell you one thing. If you tell me something that's not right, I just want you to know, I'm not going to be passing it on, but I am going to act on it. All right, so I'm going to do something about it. Do you still want to tell me? They said, yep. They told me I did something about it because it wasn't right. But what I'm not going to do is just pass on the information. I'm going I'm I'm to end the cycle and the spread and I'm, I'm going to deal with whatever the situation is. Most people are just happy to pass it on because they don't like confrontation. But sometimes we have to just confront a situation, a circumstance, maybe sometimes even a person. You know, 20 years ago they did a study and <clears throat> they discovered that 55% of men's conversations in the workplace contains some form of gossip. Right. And then they tested the women. And I'll just ask you, who thinks that the women gossip more? Some of you don't know what to do. <laughs> yep, they did. And 67% uh, of women's conversations involve some form of gossip. They did more recent research. University of Amsterdam said 90% of office conversations involve some form of gossip. And why does that matter? Well, because words create. When, when God created the heavens and the earth, right, he spoke, let there be light, and there was light. Words have the power to create. Do you remember that phrase, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Names will never hurt me. It's actually the opposite of that. I don't know if I've ever seen a stick break someone's bones, right? And I have, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of people get, you know, stoned or whatever. <laughs> but names always hurt people. Names always hurt people. When someone finds out that something has been said about them, you know what? It, it hurts people and, and God hates it. In fact, James, Jesus' brother... James uh, was writing a letter to the church. It's, when he writes his letter at the start, it says to the dispersion, who were Jewish Christians that were so marginalized, they were impoverished and they had pressure coming in. Nobody liked them. They had pressure coming from all sides. And if they didn't have enough problems from the outside in, they thought, hey, let's create some problems from the inside out. What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to sow discord. So James writes this letter to them. And he says this in James 3, verse 5 to 6. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining what? The whole body. This is the power. One little word. 
but it stains the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. Why? Because what your heart loves, your life will follow. Your entire life is affected by this and set on fire by hell. The subtext is your mouth, your tongue, it's just a small instrument, right? But it causes so much damage. He says it sets things on fire. And I remember just a few short years ago when the fires in Victoria and in Australia, they were out of control. I remember in January of 2020, just trying to drive down the coast and it was thick with smoke. We couldn't see anything, right? People were choking on it because the fires were out of control. You see what James is saying, right? He's saying, when you say something, when you spread lies and rumors and you say things that are not true, don't you get that it spreads and it can spread out of control? That's what gossip does. It spreads and things are out of control. I, and, and then... You know, I, the, only, the only rebuttal that I've probably really heard about this is when people say, well, what if it's true, right? And I love what Craig Rochelle says about this. He says, everything you say needs to be true, but not everything that's true needs to be said. <laughs> everything you say needs to be true, but not everything that's true needs to be said. And every now and then you've got to use a little bit of a filter and say, wait, is this actually helping anyone if I was to pass this on? Maybe it could just stop with me. Depends what kind of person you are, I guess, because some people, what, they love to just exploit others. That's a problem because small words cause big problems. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Noah. He built a really big boat and God flooded the earth and he saved his family. And, you know, here they are and they, they emerge out of this catastrophe and I guess Noah was trying to just deal with the issue you know like this is you know this is horrifying it would have been pretty terrible to go through that so one day he gets drunk and he gets naked and uh, and he passes out and he is naked now he's got three sons and one of them finds him uh, passed out and naked and he has a choice uh, he can uh, not talk about this and, and cover up his dad or he can expose it. What does he do? Well, his name was Ham. And so he went and found his other brothers and he says, <laughs> and I am ad-libbing a little bit, but he's like, guys, you have got to see, come check out dad, you know? And, and, and so like, he's, seriously, he is gone. Like, and he's totally naked, right? So he goes and tells his brothers, right? And his brothers come back and before they can look on their father's shame for what he's done, they get a sheet, they drag it, they walk backwards and they drop it and they lay it over him so they never saw him and that's the difference like some people just want everything to be they want everything to be revealed they want everything to be they want to expose other people they want to exploit people's shame why because honestly in their hearts they love it in their hearts they enjoy it and some people enjoy watching other people go down and I just think that's the most unchristian thing I just think it's, I think it's horrible. I think it's not right. And, and you know what? His brothers, they covered the shame. Some people are going to be there to help and to cover and to heal. And other people are going to say, look at this, right? They're going to exploit it every way that they can. Why? Small words cause big problems. And I'll tell you something else. Jesus said on the day of judgment, you will give an account for every careless word that you speak. Now that is true. And I'll tell you a story right now. Sometimes Jesus can't wait. Till judgment day so he decides to just get in on that thing a little bit early so many years ago i had a person that was uh 
in my life and they just caused me a little bit of drama, caused me a few problems. Have you ever had somebody like that in your life? Okay, so one or two people. All right, well, the rest of you just listen in then. You can't identify with it. I get it. Anyway, they would cause me a few little problems. And I thought, is it just me or is this person really causing me problems? Well, other people came to me and they said, this person is causing you problems. I said, I knew that they were causing me problems. We all knew, right? So I guess I kind of got a little bit frustrated about that. And for the most part, I said nothing. I just kept it to myself. One day, I'm with some friends, we're hanging out, and this person's name comes up. And I decided to say everything that was true. Everything that was true. And it was true. Just didn't need to be said. And I was pretty, pretty annoyed about this situation because honestly, they were just causing me problems. So time goes by and we, I end up having a great relationship with this person. There's no problem. And then years down the track, I become a senior pastor, so I'm leading this church. And we lose our church building. And I'm like searching for months and months and months. Can't find anything. It's a disaster. It's a major problem. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I'm driving one day and I say, God, I need you to answer this prayer. He says, I will answer this prayer. But first, I want you to call up that person and apologize to them for the thing that you said that one day all those years ago. I was like, are you joking? Is this for real? No way. I, I can't do that. Firstly, it's embarrassing, right? Secondly, I've got an okay relationship with this person. There's no issue there. They don't even know. They don't need to know. It's fine. Like, let's just let water under the bridge, God. Let it go, right? And God's like, no. Yeah, I want you to go and do this. So I don't even have this person's number. And uh, I did have... Uh, her husband's number so I text him one day uh, and I said hey can this is so awkward right can I get your wife's number because I just needed to have a chat with her he's like really I said yes I do so I, I, I text her and I say hey could we just have a brief chat just need to catch up with you she's like uh, yeah it's weird it's already weird we go out for coffee we sit down and I say to this person listen um, the reason that you're here today is because I need to apologize to you. And I need to apologize. And I'm going to tell you why, but you don't need to own any of this. This is an apology straight from me to you. Years ago, I felt like you made my life difficult. It was reinforced by other people. One day I said some things about you that I felt were true, but they didn't need to be said. And I just want you to know that I am sorry for that. And I should never have, have done that. And this person burst out laughing basically in my face and said, I don't care, that's fine, oh my gosh, you didn't even need to come and do this. But I did, I did, I did, because God told me to do it. And I said, no, I, I do, I, I, I needed to say this. I said, you don't need to own anything, I'm not asking you to own any, anything, it's just me saying to you, I'm sorry, I should never have done it. And I'm asking you, I don't know if you've ever said these words before, but I said, I'm asking you to forgive me for the wrong things that I've done, is that okay? And she was like, yes, of course. And like, did I feel awkward? Oh, yeah. It's like the worst. Like this, is, this ranks up there with some of the most awkward experiences of my life, you know. And, you know, so I, I say that and I'm, you know, driving home. I'm like, God, I did it. And in less than seven days, 
After I came clean, we found this building. Less than seven days. We've been searching for months. You know what I did? I, I, I just decided I'm going to come clean. And sometimes you've got to come clean before you can get clean. You've got to be honest with yourself. I hadn't even gone to God about it. I didn't talk to Him about it because I felt right. I felt justified. I felt like it was true and I felt like it was okay. And God just reminded me, you know what? You will have to give an account for the careless words that you speak. He couldn't wait till Judgment Day, so He decided to do it in 2014. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. You know, But I am actually kind of glad because you know what? I learned a lot of things out of that experience and we got this building. And we wouldn't have, I, I genuinely believe this, we wouldn't have this if I didn't do that. Let me read one more scripture to you and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Man, imagine if we just filtered our words to only build up and not tear down as fits the occasion that you may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. You are not that holy. You are just forgiven like everyone else. People make mistakes. You're going to have an opportunity. You will. You just will. You'll have an opportunity to let it stop with you or you can continue it. So if I could just give you one very practical piece of advice today, the next time you are thinking about whispering, don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. Let it stop with you. Be the person that ends it. Be the person that doesn't pass it on. Be the person that stops the lies. Be the person that confronts the situation. Maybe even the person say, hey, that's not how we do things. That, that's, that's not becoming of being a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus and we don't do that kind of a thing. So I'm going to pray today. And Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.